Sorry, we're closed. All right, guys, welcome back. Another episode of our the best Northeast <laughs> Hoboken podcast again. Sorry we're closed. We are doing an early one today. Not for you guys. You guys can listen to it whenever the hell you want. Uh, but our good friend TiVo is on the track down to Tampa. He's getting his own big boy house. And he did the first leg yesterday. And wh- where are you right now? Yeah, we're in Charlotte, North Carolina. Char- that's only the first leg? Yeah, this is like about halfway. Is it really? Okay. Wow, that feel- feels like <laughs> it shouldn't Petty be Petty road trips doesn't care for that. <laughs> no, I feel I feel I remember uh when I got hurt in Greenville, South Carolina. Now granted Fort Myers is a couple hours south of Tampa, but I remember getting in getting hurt in Greenville and it was like eight hours. Where like, oh no, it was fuck that. It was like thirteen hours from Greenville, South Carolina down to uh down to Fort Myers, Florida, and I feel like Charlotte, although only one state up. Feels like it should be much further north <laughs> than yeah. that. So, well, North Carolina seems like it's not the South, no. but South Carolina feels like it is the South. That's a good point. So, how many and more hours you got left on the trip? Uh, nine and a half. Uh, maybe Greenville, South Carolina, is just spray out of the fucking way. Um, <laughs> but uh, all right, well, listen, nine and a half. You're getting on the road here uh, this morning and and headed down. Are you due anywhere in Tampa today? Uh no, I'm trying to trying to catch a beer and a, and a sunset once I get there. That's the goal. Oh, that sounds lovely. That yeah, sounds sunset lovely. on the Gulf, huh? Yeah. Well, until we get there, uh, we are going to have a jam packed episode for you today, and we have we have a, a few topics that that popped up in the last twenty four forty eight hours that are quite interesting, and I'm going to start using the athletic more. Because it seems like they, they, they talk a lot more about the type of stuff that we would talk about. This guy, Evan Drellick, if you're not familiar with him, um, he's had gotten, come under some heat over the years uh, for reporting stuff. But funny enough, uh, he's one of the first reporters to ever interview me when I played uh, for Boston once I got drafted. Uh, he, was still on the, he was still coming up. I don't think he worked for the Athletic yet. But anywho, it seems as though that he reports on a lot of stuff that it's very on brand for the podcast, and uh, I think it would be good for myself and, and the R&D team to take a quick look uh, a little bit more at what he does. But uh, 48 hours, 24 hours, and last, tw- last 24 to 48 hours, we've had a few topics pop up. The first one being what happened to the San Diego Padres uh, this past season. Now, I did some research on this, guys, but the headline is the Padres took out $50 million uh, in a loan to cover payroll and other uh, short-term expenses. Now, for those folks not familiar with financial lingo, if you take out a, if on a balance sheet, if you take out what's called a, if you have what's called short-term debt, that means, typically, I'm pretty sure, that it means that you pay back that money in under a year. It's money, it's debt that's no longer be on your books a year from that date. Now, they don't say short-term debt in this. They say short-term uh, expenses. Obligations, right? 
Yeah, short term. Obviously, I don't know if that's if that's meaning. If that, that's the same thing as it's talking about uh, expenses and obligations of this year, this 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 past year they had. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but we have some statistics for you. I talk a little bit bit more about this. The club opened the season with a franchise record of $248.9 million payroll. As recently as 2019, the Padres had a $97.2 million payroll. So we're going over triple, uh, not over, uh, a little bit less than triple, uh, of what they were, what they had been spending. So obviously they had spent quite a bit more, but there's a little bit more to this. And this is something that, you know, I've, I'm, I didn't know teams do, and I've never heard of a team doing it, but I'm curious if more teams do this that we don't know about. But the, the, the Padres had a third-party lender willing to loan the club $100 million. The team asked Major League Baseball for permission to receive close to the full $100 million according to, a, according to people briefed on the team's finances. MLB gave the team permission to draw roughly $50 million which the league deemed a sufficient amount for the team to cover its expenses. Owners can borrow as they see fit when doing so in their own name, but the league has standards and an approval process when loans are taken out in the team's name. The greater a club's pre-existing debt, the more difficult it can be to receive permission. People briefed on the pro- oh, people briefed on the pro- The Padres were carrying enough debt relative to their revenues that Major League Baseball was more cautious than it might have been in other situations. So essentially, if you want to take money out, if if the like group here, us three, owned the Yankees, and we wanted to take you know money out, you know Sean was loaded, and and Sean was willing to put up his own name, so it would be his own personal financial book. Uh, as collateral to the uh, the loan, you could do that, and you could do it to as much as you'd like. It's your own money. Good luck, whatever the fuck you want to do. But the moment you want to borrow it, as the the New York Yankees, it seems as though Major League Baseball has a little bit and quite a bit of say in what happens. Now, I never thought of it, but that obviously makes at least some sense. Because you could, you know, and, yeah, you can't have uh, the Yankees go out of business. <laughs> yes, but like if you and I guarantee this is in it, the Yankees would never have gone out of business. Of course, if you default on your loan, they probably can't have like the mafia owning ten percent of the Yankees. <laughs> great, great example. <laughs> so, Aaron, Judge, short- listen, I'm going to need you to hit a couple home runs tonight. All right, <laughs> this is how we got to do. Yeah, seriously. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna sit him. We're gonna bench him tonight because I got money on the other people. So like, you you there's a, obviously a strict approval process for anybody who wants to own a major league baseball team. With that being said, when you lend money to somebody, typically you take over the asset that that money was lent to if they default on the loan. So just like you buy a house, if you default on your mortgage, the bank comes and takes your home. They now own the home. Your Wells Fargo now owns the Yankees. <laughs> yeah, so it would be, and and obviously, you know, hundred million dollars. I'm sure they have decent third party lenders that these guys are all pretty familiar with. It seems as though, as I've grown in the business world, it seems like aggressive debt sometimes is a necessary evil to grow in a major way. So it's not always you're not always going to get the bank to give you it at four percent. 
You know, they, they you know they don't. That's not what they want. Sometimes you got to take out some more aggressive loans um, on your businesses in order to grow at a faster rate than you typically would have wanted. So. I'm sure these guys have connections, got contacts onto who they want to take it from, you know, who people they've used in the past, and so on and so forth. But these people's actual business is to loan, probably with an aggressive rate. And if you if you default, you default. We take we take your business from you. Um, and so Major League Baseball has intelligently put in there that you can't borrow on the team unless we say it's okay. And so it seems as though, according to Major League Baseball's own financial analysts, that the Padres were a bit more in debt based off of how much revenue they're bringing in in order to take out the full $100 million from this club. But they were allowed to take out the $50 million. They were allowed to take about half of that. So they came in and said, you know, you guys have too much debt on your books in order to take out the full amount. What's interesting i guess we can open this up for debate now that we've kind of not necessarily debate but your guys thoughts uh it seems as though now obviously the san diego Padres intend to lower payroll quite a bit it kind of feels like uh hey we went for it you know we've covered on this podcast a couple times now about the type of money you might bring in, you might expect to bring in if you become a playoff caliber team. In fact, um, it actually mentions this. Uh, they looks like they're trying to lower payroll to about two hundred million dollars next month, next month, next season, um, which in part is to get back into compliance with Major League Baseball regulations <laughs> regarding to the debt service ratio. Uh, and then the San Diego Padres did draw a record three point two seven million fans this season. Uh, the last time they did that was 2004. Um, the club did not, and this is where it mentions it, and this is what we've talked about in this podcast before, the club did not, however, make the playoffs, which would have added handsomely to the revenue line in the books. Mm. So, you know, we've speculated, not only speculated, but did some research on this podcast before about the the, the how, how big of a benefit it is just to make the playoffs and how much more money you make in the playoffs as a as a team and as a franchise. We're seeing it here firsthand where a team seemingly went all in on a year. You know, they went and got Xander. Obviously, they have Juan Soto. They have Blake Snell. Like, they have a lot of money on those books. And they went all in, didn't work out, even took out a short-term loan, didn't work out. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it sounds embarrassing. <laughs> It yeah, it's got to be devastating to have a short-term loan just to miss the playoffs. Yeah, it does. And it must kill. It must be eating them alive. Well, not anymore. But that that the Diamondbacks, the little old Diamondbacks, made it in their in their division, made it all the way to the World Series, and they're so, just their books. Their books are very handsome right now. So so quickly. That's a great segue. Clap it up. Clap it up. Texas, Texas Rangers absolutely dominated the Diamondbacks and won the World Series. <laughs> and that uh, little Rangers, payroll. Yeah, that yeah, handsome Texas, payroll. And Texas Rangers have a huge one this year. Yeah. They, they went after and got some people this year. So this is and this is what I love about this podcast and the direction that it's gone in and, and the conversations we get to have on this. Because 
you have you have a team. Oh, we we had this conversation last week. All right. Well, even though the Texas Rangers aren't essentially a major market club, they've still spent like it for this coming year, and they've catapulted themselves over to the top of the of the AL West. Uh, they they took over the Mariners who were playing the small ball. We're gonna draft our way up there. You gotta be patient with us. For the, we gotta win fifty six percent of our games over the next ten years, and the fans will love me. Type baseball, and they catapulted from one of the worst teams in baseball up to a World Series to a World Series not only contender but champion. And then you had the Diamondbacks who you know were playing small ball, getting their way up there. You saw an interview with Tori Lovello and and Mookie Betts. Tori. Was a was not a manager of mine. He was a bench coach uh, when I was playing for the Red Sox very briefly for John Farrell. Tory is now the manager of the Diamondbacks. Everyone loved Tory, um, although he did think I was the wrong person. He came up to me in the clubhouse in spring training and and was like, ah, "Dude, went to college with your dad." I was like, "You did?" He's like, "Yeah." I was like, "I don't think so." <laughs> he was like. <laughs> No, I, I did. Keep my Tory was like in his forties. My dad was in his sixties, <laughs> and I was like, did, "Did my dad go back to school recently?" Like, I don't think that's a thing. And he was like, "What's your name?" And I was like, "Pat Light." He goes, "Oh, yep, different person, wrong guy, wrong guy." He was actually looking for a guy named Kyle Martin, who was also on our team at the time. But uh, great guy. Anyway, to get off track, in that same time frame, where we're going to sit here and talk to you, and we're going to talk about, hey, listen, the Rangers quite literally bought a World Series. Now, were there obviously contributing factors? Did they put together a great team? Obviously. Like they, they had a great, you know, a team meshed quite well. Like all of those factors took into place. You can't just put it biggest payroll on and 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 win as we've now seen with the San Diego Padres. But in that same same twenty four hour news cycle of the Rangers spending to go win a World Series, you have a team that took out a short term loan and didn't make the playoffs to go do that same thing. So there's obviously so many factors that come into play here when it ta- when talking about winning a World Series. And they actually saw said there was a new man new GM. I want to make sure that I'm I'm right here. Uh, GM of Texas Rangers. Okay, yes, I see. I knew I was. I knew I was right by by name. Wrong by who? There's this guy, Chris Young. Um, and he's he you know he's he pitched in the big leagues seemingly for a long time. Uh, six foot ten right hand pitcher who played both baseball and basketball at Princeton. <laughs> Just casually dropping that he was six ten. Yeah. Uh, so similar. This is who. This is who everyone has compared going, getting um, Craig Breslow for the Red Sox. It's a guy who played and also went to a very intelligent school <laughs> that can do kind of both. Uh, and he kind of put together a team that was able to go win. And I think, I think teams will start seeing this, especially if they, God forbid, the Red Sox have some success now with Breslow where they're going to go after some of these guys who have played for a while. I mean, Mike Hazen never played in the big leagues, I don't think. But similar guy, he went to Princeton. And now you need a team, that guy that maybe has played a little bit more at the big league level to be able to not only buy pieces, but buy the right pieces. Uh, and, and, you know, go win World Series. Because, again, we got the San Diego Padres in, in debt now. Uh, trying to pay off, and they'll be fine. I'm sure they'll pay off this loan. I'm sure these guys have plenty of money at their disposal to go to go pay off these things. But I mean, you know, 
Sean, what do you got on on these on the on the Padres? And like obviously building a different team uh, and building the building your way to a World Series, but it seems as though the happy medium is the way to you know not only win but win consistently at a at the highest level. Yeah, I mean, look, you just can't. You know, there's. There's, there's obviously just no guarantees, right? Like, you look at it all the time. And, I mean, look look, look what's happening in the NBA right now with James Harden, right? So, like, you know, he was on the freaking – he was on the Rockets for a while. Then they traded him to – I don't even know his whole story, but he went to I mean, with the Nets, and everyone was like, this is going to be sick. That didn't go well. Went to the Sixers. Everyone's like, this is going to be sick. Uh, that went horrendously. Now he's with the Clippers, and everyone's like, that's going to be sick. Like, you know, you can't you – know, as much as you might want to and like adding these pieces together, like it just doesn't always work out that way. So, you know, like how do you, how do you end up getting there is, is weird. So like, I I don't necessarily think that like, this is like a huge disaster for, uh, for the Padres in terms of like baseball wise, where it's just like, look, these things don't always pan out. It is kind of crazy that they, that they were like, they didn't, they didn't go well. Uh, but I think financially it's like, it's like, whoa, like, whoa, like, what was the business decisions here? Like, you guys are like, did you guys think you were the Yankees for a second? Did you think you, you did you think you had it like that? Uh, and my first thought was, like, the classic Robert Kiyosaki, right? Good, uh, rich dad, poor dad of good debt versus bad debt. And I was like, whoa, like, what what, what do you mean short-term obligations? Were you, were you like, taking out loans to, you know, you know, add the, a right field porch? Uh, you know, like, what was happening that, that, you now you can't cover it. Were you were you literally banking on making the playoffs? Uh, like I, the payroll. Like I don't know. Like to me, it was like like are you are is the business of the Padres in trouble? And I'm glad to hear because I didn't I didn't get this, but I was glad to hear that MLB has influence over how this whole thing gets structured and and how like the business of baseball gets done in each organization. Uh, and I know that the NBA is similar where they can they can just come in and take over like the NBA and I'm not I'm not sure if they still do but I know for a while the NBA owned the Hornets uh like so like they were controlling it so so there has to be some you know they have some like over overarching governance of this situation cuz it would be crazy if like the San Diego Padres were out of <laughs> you know went out of business you know like that would be nuts but I don't know. Like, I think that, you know, there's just no guarantees in sports, you know? Like, you can't you can't just pick and choose players, and there's, you know, cultural aspects to sports that matter so much. There's chemistry aspects to sports. I mean, Patrick, how many times, you know, in your career did somebody come into a clubhouse and everyone's just like, screw this dude, you know? Like, like he's just... And, and, and in a baseball clubhouse, you know, you guys are so close for 162 games. And, you know, there's not a lot to talk about. So if a dude comes into the clubhouse that nobody likes, the whole – I mean, everybody. Like, you're walking into the weight room. You're telling the strength coach, you see this asshole. Uh, you know, you're, you're talking about it with your buddies. You know, you're, there's, like, drama, like, inner workings, like, drama happening. Uh, and it's they're talking about it in the outfield at BP. I mean, it's just – like, it's just incessant, and it festers. And, like, let's say, I don't know, but let's say Juan Soto was just a disliked person. 
that's a freaking problem, you know. And it's just because he's good at baseball doesn't mean that, you know, it guarantees success on the field. So, uh, I mean, there's all sorts of different dynamics at play here that we could discuss and say, like, uh, good good or bad. But the business side of it is, is, to me, the most interesting. It's just like almost like they bet the farm. Uh, the bet the farm and the neighbor's farm <laughs> that they could uh, that they could make this happen, uh, and uh, it'll be an interesting experiment to see. Very interesting to watch them in the off season. Are they just going to unload payroll? Uh, are they just going to go? They're just going to go back to the old San Diego Padres uh, and just kind of see how things go, or you know, I don't know. This could be interesting to watch, especially over the next few months as they you know you know how they come back down to earth. Yeah, so I I brought up some I brought up some to continue this conversation. I brought up some recent Forbes things, uh, financials. It's tough to find actual financials on any of these teams, as you always see if you ever see uh, or if you ever pay attention as a baseball fan to collective bargaining agreements. And uh, when those years come up, every agent and player is screaming, "Open the books! Open the books! Open the books!" <laughs> the owners don't even respond, uh, and. You know, there's a there's a whole th- you know there's so much that I think that we could do as players to help ourselves when we do these things. The owners, in my opinion, school us every single time. Now we do a good job. We get what we want. Owners are giving us a lot when we, when we you know I don't necessarily know that they have to, but there's every single time we go through this collective bargaining agreement, the owners are just sit there quiet, do nothing. Allow the players to get all pissy, say stuff in the media, and get everybody to hate them. That go oh, these these millionaires are are upset about things, and the PR nightmare for players every single time. Um, so regardless of that, I brought up some of the recent Forbes, um, uh, you know, valuations on teams. San Diego Padres, for reference, is the number seventeenth uh, most valuable team in baseball. At one point seven five billion, their operating income is negative fifty three million dollars. <laughs> uh, player expenses two hundred forty three million. Gate receipts uh, is one hundred fifteen million. Uh, revenue per fan is sixty eight bucks. Uh, they you know, paid six hundred million, so obviously that they're doing quite well on their investment because they paid six hundred million in two thousand twelve. We are now in twenty twenty three. Every ten years or so, you want to double your investment, and it's not in a, in a private type of thing. You probably want to do that more than every ten years. So they, you know they're they're you know almost triple the their investment in in eleven years. That's pretty solid. Um, so you know things are going well, but negative fifty three. I brought up for comparisons, um, comparative uh, purposes, uh, three other teams: the Rangers, the Diamondbacks, and the Red Sox. The Rangers are number twelve on the list at two point two two five billion. Uh, their operating income is in the in the in the green fifty eight million. Very nice, very nice, Texas Rangers. Yes, do they have? It's built debt to part two. More hats now. Yeah, their debt to value and the Padres is seventeen percent. It's more than doubled, or thirty-one percent for the Rangers. Uh, so obviously, it was, as expected, based off that article, the the Padres are, are in quite a bit more debt than the Rangers are in, and they just won a World Series. Player expenses are obviously uh, uh, much lower at one hundred sixty-five million, and their gate receipts are almost identical. Well, they are one hundred fifteen million, hmm. uh, but only forty dollars per fan. They just seemingly have many more fans. Um, 
than the than the uh, Padres. Arizona Diamondbacks number twenty three on the list at one point three eight billion. Uh, they have a positive operating income of thirty million per year. Very nice, Arizona. Very nice debt va- debt to value though nine percent. So they're they're in a little bit of debt themselves. A little bit of debt themselves. Uh, thirty four dollars revenue per fan. Uh, it seems like everyone is partners with Bally Sports and then their state that they're in. Yeah, that's so the, that's, that's a, that was a big deal because Bally Sports couldn't cover their uh, liabilities to <laughs> for to uh, a bunch of teams, and they were try they went to court to try to, to try to uh, say like just get it okay. Okay, we can't pay you, so that's fine now, right? <laughs> and Aris, the Diamondbacks were like, whoa, 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 we're going to need that. Uh, and uh, it became like this whole big us. thing. Yeah, it just became a whole big thing. It was like a major and thing because that's where all, that's where like, you know, that was the TV deal. Uh, finally, and I'm just going to bring up because I'm sure the Yankees are number one on this list. As I have, yes, they are. So I got the Red Sox. Who would be number two? The Phillies, Cubs, Dodgers probably? Um, the Red Sox at number three on the list valued at four point five billion, which is interesting when you talk about like the Diamondbacks Could be and the, the Red Sox. The Red two, Sox right? are, are, huh? Could be the Mets number two. Could be. Um, when you talk about valuations, the Red Sox in the same league, you know, there's only thirty teams. They are quadruple the the valuation. <laughs> uh, their operating income is seventy two million. Uh, ninety four dollars revenue, ninety four dollar revenue per fan, gate receipts of one hundred eighty one million, whereas the other teams were one hundred fifteen, so that's a pretty big increase. Player expenses two hundred forty two. Um, they're bringing seventy million debt to value zero percent. That seems off. Um, yeah, the inflation on the Fenway Frank has been tough over the years. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> ready for this, folks? From number three, Boston Red Sox of four point five billion. In valuation to number one New York Yankees, we have seven point one billion dollars in valuation. Um, they paid the Steinbrenner family supposedly on a valuation of eight point eight million in nineteen seventy three. They are killing it on this investment. <laughs> that is something special. I can't even do what that multiple is. And my calculator, I'd be one of those cat. You know, when you do the iPhone and it's too many digits, you got to turn it sideways. Yeah. So it'd be one of those. So I'm not going to even attempt to do it. Um, operating income is a measly $16 million, though. Um, player expenses, 262 That's quite high. But gate receipts, holy shit, that's accurate. Gate receipts is double, almost double. Uh, what uh, kind of almost double? Uh, I did bad math. It's eight in the morning, but two hundred and ninety million dollars in gate receipts. And Damn. but you also talk about metro population. Metro population for the Red Sox four point nine million. Metro population for the Yankees is nineteen point eight million. God bless yeah. New York City, my my friends. Uh, quickly, let me just see. Let's see who. All right, who do you guys think is number two on this? You guys, th- if you had to put a gun to your head right now, Tebow, who is it? Dodgers. Dodgers, Sean. I'll just first, just I'll say Mets. Okay, and then for argument's sake, I'll do Cubs. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, we'll start off with the Mets. Forbes. This is fun. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> um, Mets. Forbes. Number six on the list. What? Two point nine. Two point nine million. And you talk about some debt problems. They are negative one hundred thirty-eight million in operating income. Stevie C. <laughs> Stevie C. Is is. 
un, un, unwavered by that. Yeah, that's yeah. the type of guy who borrows from his personal bank account. He doesn't need <laughs> yeah. much. He's like, how many? How many did you say? <laughs> All right, Dodgers time. Dodgers Forbes. Congratulations, TiVo. It is number two. But before we get there, we'll just do my my measly team of the Cubs. The Cubs are number four, so I was closer than Sean. Yes. Damn, I can't believe the Mets were that bad. Um, I'll suck on that, Mets. Yeah, You're out in uh, Queens. You're out at LaGuardia Airport. <laughs> yeah, no one cares about you. Yeah. Um, the Cubs operating income, $57 million. Players' expenses, gate receipts, 184 so they're up there too. Uh, metro area population, $9.5 million. Well, that's a lot smaller than New York City. You just don't understand how big New York City is until you fucking leave it. Um, and then we'll go to the number two, the Dodgers. Uh, four point eight billion. Wow, that's a huge jump. Red Sox four point five, Dodgers four point eight, and then to number one seven point one for the New York Yankees. Talk about a brand. Yeah. And we'll quick, get to that in a little bit. The quick let, math let, on the evaluation, I think, is eight hundred and seventy-five times the initial investment. That's unbelievable. <laughs> that is unbelievable. And yeah. keep in mind, in the nineties, they wanted the Steinbrenner out, uh, and they seemingly want his son out now. But. Um, but it, okay, look. Listen, so guys, so when I evaluate, let, let's talk about this a little bit, all right? So we're uh, all to at least to a degree, I assume, investors. Obviously, I invest quite a bit as well. And when I'm looking at a restaurant, I try to value it between two and three times their bottom line. If I value the Dodgers on their bottom line alone, and we're just going to go off operating income, there's a, the, the, that's not your bottom line, but let's just say it is for, at fourteen million. Um, what is 14 times 3? 42. $42 million is what I would pay for your Los Angeles Dodgers. <laughs> <laughs> and they're coming in at 4.8 See, guys, billion. Guys, it seems fair. It seems fair. You're, you're really breaking my balls here. <laughs> yeah, listen, I'm not going to make my money back for four years. What are you talking about? Um, if you scroll down, which I find interesting, if you scroll down, and this is, this is, this is unbelievable, guys. If you, this is, if you scroll down here, valuation breakdown. You have, and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go through this, guys, and I'm gonna ask you guys your guys like opinion on what what it is. I, I don't understand this really. Um, okay, so they have four categories. Four categories. They have sport, market, stadium, and brand. Those are the four categories that your the breakdown of the valuation are put into, and they have numbers associated with each valuation each each um each uh, a part of the valuation so the the total of 4.8 billion which which part and we'll start with you tivo which part of that sport market stadium brand can you i would like you to go through those four and what you think is the most to the least as 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 valuable to the brand market stadium brand I think market's, num- market's number one because I think if you go to the city, it doesn't matter what sport. So if you do like the Rangers are going to be more valuable than the Flyers. Um, and then after that, sport market, stadium. What was the other one? Sport Hold market. on. So let's, let's, actually, let's do this a different way. Let's start with just number one. Sean, you heard the four. Sport market stadium brand is, part of the, is the four parts of the breakdown of the valuation. TiVo believes brand, uh, market is the number one item on that list. Well, what do you think, Sean? 
as the biggest part of your valuation. Stadium brand. Ah, I'm kind of leaning towards brand. I, I mean, with, market with makes said, a lot of sense, but brand, like think like the, look. You the, can the, agree. I think we can all agree that the, uh, the market is part of the brand. I, yeah, I but think. look, Mar if we're talking. Yeah, to a degree, no yes. doubt, No doubt. But look, look, Mets versus Yankees. Mets are sixth. Mm, roughly the same market. Like the Yankees, I mean, the Yankees are everywhere, man. You can go anywhere in the world, you'll see Yankee hats. I'm going to say brand number one. Brand and number then, one. And then my, so my counter, it's a great point. And then my counterpoint to that was, well, I guess that's weird because they have two teams in the same market. But then my counterpoint is with hockey, like um, the Rangers are going to be valued higher than basically most. And when we talked about this a couple of weeks back, where, where my contention was, uh, maybe that's what my contention was, was oh, that the, re the the biggest factor for, I don't remember what we were talking about, but I was saying like the biggest factor for something was the location of the team. And I yeah. Feel like we were talking and, and about the size of the market value. justifies having the two teams. So it's like it almost goes hand in hand. Yeah. Almost. But brand, well, I mean, just the brand, the, the reach of the brand is just significantly bigger. So, well, are you, the, the correct answer is market. God, I'm on fire today. Is it my business <laughs> or my business? <laughs> let's talk. Let's quickly talk about how much of of the valuation is is this number. So the market. So in, I'm going to start with the Mets in a 2.9 billion dollar club. Mm -hmm. The market. The market piece of this again, New York City, same New York, same you know, it's same as this, is one point one eight six billion dollars part of that market. So that's that's a, you know close to half of the valuation. Okay. For the Yankees, at seven point one, the market is valued at three point four six billion dollars. But how could they? How could, how do they value that market differently? I, I mean, it, it could just. It, I mean, theoretically speaking. You're talking about – they do value the market differently somehow. I mean, we're talking percentages-wise, they're fairly similar yeah. um, of the valuation, but they are valuing the New York market for the Yankees differently than what they're valuing. I mean, if they valued the, just the, just the market piece of the Yankees is bigger than the entire valuation of the New York Mets. <laughs> so you have to consider that they're, 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 they're thinking about, you know – you know, in that market of that 19.8 million people in the metro area, you know, how many of them are, are Yankee fans? If they're if they're going to evaluate the uh, the New York market at let's Fair. say uh, here's, a, here's an interesting fans. way, huh? Exactly. So if they're going to evaluate, let's say they evaluate the market, let's say 1.1 billion plus 3.4 billion. So you're talking about a 4.5 billion dollar market, and let's say that's how they did. I have no idea, but let's say that's how they did, it, and they split it up. Like, well, listen, 80 percent of the fans. Here are Yankee fans. Twenty percent yeah. are your Mets. So we're giving them three point four. They're giving the Mets one point six or whatever it is. Could be something like that. Wait, what would you uh, say? Like in your experience, you're out at the bars and stuff. Uh, would you say Yankee to Mets fans? Uh, Ten to one, fifteen to one, five to one. Yankees, Giants are the only teams that people care about. Jets, Mets, no one cares. Yeah, I feel like I feel like. Yeah, I mean Jets for sure. I, Jets and Mets both really low. Uh, I would say. I mean, I'm. When somebody tells me they're a Mets fan, I'm like, oh, <laughs> good for you. Yeah. 
<laughs> Standing up yeah, to the man. <laughs> yeah, no one, no one. There's, yeah, no one cares. Off the top of my head, I can name Jets. like two Mets fans. AC being yeah. one of them. Shout out AC. AC being one. Shout out AC. Um, all right, so. I thought you were going to say Mr. and Mrs. Met. <laughs> Mr. S. Cohen and Frank the oh, Tank. Here's, <laughs> here's something. Okay, so what do you guys think is next for the New York Yankees? Uh, and it's, it is the same. So what do you guys think is next on the list? So the next three are the sport, stadium, and brand. Well, now, now so the reason that you're asking makes me, makes me you know, think otherwise. I'm going on the whole list. I'm going sport. I mean, I got to go brand. I mean, I, part of me wants to pick the real estate because, uh, that. I mean, that's insane in, in New York, Boston. Uh, but I'm just going to say brand. Does every team own I'm, their I'm stadium? It. Sometimes isn't it a tie-in with the city and the municipal and they don't own 100% of the stadium? Yeah, they pro- probably yeah. some teams are like that. We certainly should look at I mean, you look at like the Phillies or something where they're down there in like the docks, you know. Yeah, or the, like, the Yankees that's, in the Bronx. You know, that might be something like that. Yeah, I mean, they probably. I would imagine most teams own the own the the stadium. It's too big of a piece. But so, Sean, Sean, you said brand, and yeah. um, Tebow, you said sport. Sport. Neither correct. Stadium oh. is the next highest piece for your New York Yankees. It is valued at one point nine billion. God, <laughs> up there in that crap, shitty yeah, Bronx. Yeah, I wouldn't buy that shit. It, and here's where it's funny. The stadium in Queens, which is arguably a better area in New York, uh, seven hundred million. Yeah, but it, that's I mean that is way out there. Like the next to LaGuardia Airport, that's like that's like oh, yeah, oh the you Bronx see a lot of stadiums out there. In, well, I well no, but Bronx, and they the Bronx also have they like, also the U.S. Open next year. But, but you're true. But you're like nestled in the city. In uh, now it's not the best part. It's not the city you want to hang out in. I would say you're nestled. Madison you're Square nestled. nestled. You're nestled. Madison Square Garden. Madison Square Garden is nestled. Okay. Is, well, how this is this is, not nestled? This is the outskirts of the city. It's no. It's not. It is the well, Sean, that's because the you're villages. claiming that's because you're claiming that Midtown Manhattan is the heartbeat of New York City. Which Manhattan it is. is the heartbeat of New York City. Yeah, but you go on. A, it's not Bronx like you're. It's not like you're going out to the burbs. The Bronx. The Bronx. No. And, uh, first no. Off, no, hold no. On. no. 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 First off, Queens, sweet cheeks. Laguardia Airport is on the outskirts of the city. So the, any any of those little boroughs are the outskirts of the city. You talk to anybody that's not in this area, and they're going to think they're not even in the city anymore if they go out to the Yankee Stadium. No, they go out to the Yankee Stadium, they're going to think they're in a very bad area. <laughs> yes, and they're not in the city anymore. They're gonna they're not they're going to think this is some some uh, town close by. No, no, uh, that, I disagree this is wholeheartedly. The outskirts of the city. They might the wonder how it is. The per, they might. They might have some thoughts as to why there aren't super, super, super tall buildings over here, uh, but no, I disagree uh, Sean, with are, that. It no, is, it no. is, maybe not. No. Maybe I might Firm give you. No. I might give you that. Nestled might be not be the word, but nestled's not the word. It's not, and, and I appreciate you giving it to me, but I wouldn't care if you. Gave I it might to say me. shoved into the Bronx. It is. It is any. If you are talking about the Bronx, you're talking about Queens. Queens has a better argument. Brooklyn has the best argument. Staten Island, who even cares about? Sorry, mom. Um, but yeah, you, like, that's, part these, that's part of it. That's part of this. Oh, we live in New York City, Staten Island. I have a front things, yard. Sean, <laughs> Queens, the Bronx, and and Brooklyn and Staten Island over here. They surround Manhattan. Yes, Manhattan they is the heartbeat of the city. They are the outskirts of the city. No, I di- I disagree. 
I disagree what, on what your do you have terminology. To be the, I disagree with your definition of outskirts. Okay. Well, listen. I think anyone with half a brain thinking about New York City, one, they're immediately thinking about they're thinking about Manhattan. They're thinking about Obviously. Times Square. They're talking. They're thinking about Empire State Building. They're thinking about the, thinking about Manhattan, and then the towns on the outside of them would be the outskirts. No, of outskirts. The city because outskirts to me is the outer limits. Like it's you like can't it's like go fading further. away it, out into Long you, Island. Once you get out of the Bronx or out of the out of Queens, you're out of the city. Yeah, exactly. It's still so in the, the city outskirts. in the Bronx. Huh? No, I'm right. Good job, Sean. Once you leave the Bronx, you're outside of the city. So you're out, that's the outskirts. Well, Pat, if you're if you're at Yankee Stadium, are you in the city? You the, theoretically, yes, you're in the city, Sean, but you are on the Yankee, outskirts. Of Sean, if you're in Yankee Stadium, are you in the city? Yes or no? Yeah. Okay, so you both agree. Yeah, but, yeah, but, but we're, we're not saying it's not in the, the city. city. We're saying that we're 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 differing on our definition of outskirts. Like yeah, when you Sean's go out to like, when you no, go out to Queens, the last you go neighborhood. Out to, look, it's like the it's one of the last stops on the train when you're going out to the Mets. And actually, I think there's one stop further. It's Mets Willets Point and outskirts. Yeah, Mets are on the outskirts. So are the Yankees. No, I think the Yankees are not on the outskirts. I think they're oh, in the city. Goodness. No, they, they are not in the city. Oh, well, the Knicks are in the city. Well, no, the, the they Knicks, are not in the, the Knicks, city. The Knicks are like they're they're you the some they're nerve the hard talking to that. There, the, the Bronx are the outskirts. Madison Square Garden is the spleen of the city. Right. I gotta imagine that the majority of our listeners are in the New Jersey, New York metropolitan area. Obviously, some Boston. We'll run a poll. So all, they should all be familiar with this. And I know that all of them are being like this. This guy Sean's. Uh, that's, you're, uh, out this, 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 you're out of your damn mind. You're out of you're out of your damn mind. This is a clip. This is going on your social power. We're gonna get a poll going. <laughs> we should get a poll going. Um, all right, what's next? Sport or brand? So oh, I just feel like I gotta hold on to my horses here and keep going. <laughs> ride do. brand to the grave. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go. Sport. But the thing, the sport thing is like, I mean, the way that it's been looking right now. So the first one was a market. So like everything is like independent of of the team, right? Like so the team can suck completely, but the but the sport still holds them up. The real estate still holds them up. The market still holds them up. So I'm gonna say brand. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be wrong on this, but I'm gonna say I'm gonna say sport because I I'm looking at the trend here. Okay, uh, Tivo. I locked in sport as well. Okay, brand comes in at God. number three. <laughs> I like after I said I looked at you and you were smacking, and I was like, oh, I screwed this up. To be fair though, for the Mets, sport comes in at number three. Okay. So it does change. It, it it does this does make sense. And then uh, the brand comes in at nine hundred and seventy million for the for the Yankees. Sport in last place comes at seven thirty five yeah, million. I think that would fluctuate on a lot of teams because a lot of shitty teams would be elevated by the sport. True. But if you're a really good brand, maybe you can outperform your sport because mm. you're just that strong of a brand. Yeah, that's a, for that's a I, fun one. That'd be a so, fun yeah, one to so, see all the teams and all the sports. See how that looks. So the brand for the New York Yankees is nine hundred seventy million. The brand for the Arizona Diamondbacks is one hundred forty-six million. Um, <laughs> so I think, I think honestly, I think that the Yankees might be one of the outliers here, where the brand is actually more important than the sport. So far, honestly, yeah, like, I'd love actually, to see what the Kansas City Royals things look like. The Dodgers have a better brand than sport. Uh, the Mets don't. 
obviously the Yankees don't. It's like, like the Sox. Houston Texans would have to be valued higher Fox. because it's an NFL football team under the shield rather yeah. than the brand of the Houston Texans. Yeah. And obviously, like you're gonna you're going to val- evaluate you know, different places to be, you know, you know, differently, obviously. Like if I went and bought the Yankees, they're going to tell me that because of who they are in the sport, it's the sport is more meaningful to them and it's therefore evaluated more than, you know, what the Diamondbacks are. Um, you know, maybe they're pulling more rev share because of, you know, how much viewership they have, you know, whatever the case may be. Maybe the rev share in baseball is, is great and maybe you hit certain thresholds, it gets even better. So that's why the sport's more valuable to them. Then all of a sudden you're arguing brand now. So there's obviously a ton more that goes into just this type of, uh, you know, simple, as they're showing me on Forbes here, this simple pie chart. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it is. It's interesting to see, you know, even the Yankees who are on the outskirts of their city, uh, (laughs) even them (laughs) are (laughs) – it, it it is. It's interesting to see the brand for the Yankees. Like I said is nine hundred seventy million. The sport <coughs> is worth seven hundred thirty five million, um, and it, it is. And as far as like, I mean, it's interesting to see this too because over the course, over the last, uh, you know, they continue to go down in revenue over the last and their valuation. Oh, wait, hold on. Is this going down in years? Yo, it's going down in years. So they continue to go up in 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 in. Um, in, oh, actually, they're just bouncing back now from COVID. COVID, they in 2020 they had 683 million in revenue, down to 2021 108 million, uh, and now they're bouncing back 42 in 2022 and in 2023 657 million. And I'd be curious to see, honestly, I'd be curious to see um, how much of this is pl- is playoff stuff. Now, obviously, they didn't make the playoffs this year. But I'm curious. I'd be curious to see who. Let's see what the Rangers. Do they have? Do they have them. What they came in this year? Uh, the Rangers. And yeah, yeah, not really. I don't think they. I don't think they put that into play here. But regardless, uh, interesting nonetheless to see all the difference. And what's also interesting about this Forbes, and you can go on online and look up. Um, you know, for I just looked up you know Texas Rangers Forbes, and it comes up almost immediately. But they give you the different percentages too, and how much how much value their the the like the brand for the for the Rangers is only thirteen percent of their valuation, whereas the market is forty three. So the market is far and away for every franchise that we've looked at as the biggest indicator where you're buying is the biggest indicator of what it is. And coincidentally, you know, not coincidentally, I think makes sense because you know when I'm looking at buying a restaurant in Hoboken in comparison to buying a restaurant in Colts Neck, New Jersey, very different valuations. Uh, and when that the Hoboken person is being like, no, we think this, I mean, granted their revenue in Hoboken is much larger than the one down in Colts Neck. So that immediately is going to change. And that's because of where they are located is, is why their revenue is so much higher. So obviously it's going to push the valuation up anyway. But you know, you could argue, hey, listen, Hoboken's not going anywhere for the next twenty years. You know, that place in Coltsnack, you don't know the next generation's gonna like it. Uh, you don't know you don't have, you know, a million people coming off the the path train every day to you know, walking right past your bar. You know, you have Yeah, there's like a it's know, like a pe- it's like a a high floor for 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 those places, right? Yeah. And then you have you don't you don't have to worry about Pebble Creek Golf Club staying in existence and come a couple guys come off the off the club to go to buy a few beers. Yeah. Uh, so love that place. <laughs> love that place. 
Uh, but interestingly enough, I, I re- I'm happy we somehow got into that uh, because it is, it is interesting to see how all these teams are evaluated. Uh, and obviously this is, you know, not that we need to be giving disclaimers out there, but obviously this is definitely rough estimates on what these things are. I'm sure if we all got into a, an actual conversation about buying a team, things would be much different uh, in regards to exactly how we're being able to evaluate these things. But nonetheless, uh, many ways, as they say, as they say, to skin the cat in order to win a, a, a world championship here in baseball. You have the Rangers again, all the way to the Diamondbacks, to two teams, three teams, uh, the, well, the the Mets, the Red Sox, and the Yankees, all very powerful clubs, none of which made the play. Or did the Yankees make the – did they make – no, the Yankees did not. None of which made the playoffs this year. Uh, and then you look at the Padres too, which started this conversation having to take out short-term loans. And I'm curious, again, if, if that's a more commonplace in baseball than we know, and maybe they're just smaller amounts mm. to cover payroll and stuff like that. Uh, it's funny enough too because as I try to grow myself um, – you know, people have asked me for salaries and moving on, and I'm like, you know, we're still in that growth stage, but I don't have like I'm watching that Uber documentary, which I highly recommend. Um, the Uber CEO in there, I can't tell if it's the actor or if it's the guy, but he comes off like a major douche, and I am <laughs> assuming that's the the goal of it. That's what he's trying to do as the actor, so he's doing a great job because I hate the fucking guy. Uh, but uh, it's similar. It's like you know when they have payroll problems and stuff like that because they want to bring people on. You know they they go out to VCs and they you know they sell off five percent of the company for fifty million dollars and now they can go pay they have payroll you know that doesn't work for me like I have to go either pay it personally mm. or I have to go and and take it from these businesses and I have partners in these businesses so it's like it's it's a catch twenty two for me I have to I have to balance this uh, I don't have a private equity partner coming in you know you know bankrolling me for you know many millions of dollars to be able to grow in a big way uh, it's just not how this works in Speaking my world of that, we yet. work at a business after they did exactly that mhm so <clears throat> lastly before we before we get going cuz we got to get Tivo on the on the road Tivo's got to get on the road big big uh road trip Tivo road dog road dog the one last thing i want to make mention here major league baseball <clears throat> Is they they have recently and this 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 another Evan Drellick, um article uh, November first so uh, yesterday they did away with what's called standardized contracts for coaches managers and scouts now coaches managers and scouts have I, umpires have their own union I don't think coaches managers and scouts have a union uh, not to my knowledge at least and so it's interesting to see this and there's obviously there are were certain things. Uh, involved here, they're calling them UECs, but there there's certain things here involved where Major League Baseball was was putting together certain requirements for 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 these types of uh, contracts for these for these clubs that they had to have these certain certain stipulations in the um, in the agreements uh, in order for, you know in order to be in compliance with Major League Baseball and. They're doing away with them. They're getting rid of them. What's interesting, and again, this is something that, again, not many em- employees, not many, you know, whoever it is, or even fans, whatever, if you're talking about uh, like a sport and uh, a business, think about often are lawsuits and lawsuits, lawsuits and liability. I, I combined two words there, um, and they it's seemingly. Uh, that's what it is. They, they say here in the article, the switch is intended to insulate the league office against liability, league sources said. The thinking is that if a team is now sued for an employment matter, 
it'll be more difficult to successfully include the league as a joint employer defendant. Mm. Uh, it also might help the league if future antitrust litigation arises over employment issues as well. Now, every and just so you guys know, in lawsuits, if you don't go through them, I know my insurance broker, AC, is listening to this, so he knows them. But any any um, any lawsuit's going to include Major League Baseball in it. It's gonna, they're going to make the judge you know, d- uh, dismiss them. But I'm sure they're being sued. I'm sure people are getting fired you know, all the time. These are huge, huge, multi-billion dollar organizations. I'm sure there are anti. I'm sure there are employment <laughs> lawsuits for days to go on. And I, you know, I will say I do kind of look forward if I ever get to that level where I am at to a point where I'm not, I'm not dealing. They're getting sued, and other people are just dealing with it. <laughs> like you don't like right know now. I deal with lawsuits. You're being sued. Yeah, like just like someone's suing the organization. I have no idea it's happening. I'm That's, just that is the dream. That is the dream. The that American is the dream. dream to be sued without your knowledge. <laughs> without my knowledge. Um, so this it will be it is uh, you know just just for your own uh, point it should be made mention that this is not uh, involving any players major league or minor league players this has nothing to do with them uh, but based off reading off the article and again I, I don't it, this is not a ton to get into here I, I'm happy we had so much to talk about the last one but it just seems as though they're as they say the devils in the details in this article uh, our teams now have the option to um, put in whatever they want. Now that could go one of two ways, and it's kind of like the capitalism thought process here is like let let them kind of weed out. If you want great talent, you might put in very nice things into the contracts where these these scouts have a little bit more play. If these guys are great scouts and done great, you know they draft these great players. All this blah 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 blah. You might put in you know better better um, better stipulations into the contract that that might not be so onerous, uh, but on the other hand, you know, you could have, hey, listen, you want play you want to you want to scout for the Boston Red Sox? You got to do this. This is part of it. This is part of the deal. And you'll see this stuff like that and I think this this more so will probably hurt unfortunately hate to say it for this podcast, people like strength coaches, uh, people that maybe athletic trainers <laughs> who the team doesn't necessarily care so much about and they're going to be they're going to be put to the test. Uh, and and put into the ringer as far as you know this has to this, sorry no this is this is what you got to do uh, this is and no surprise you, to the strength and conditioning community no no I'm not I'm not I'm not I didn't expect it to be a surprise uh, but the other team <laughs> oh other, you want me to make twenty three thousand dollars this year that sounds that sounds reasonable yeah no problem that seems very reasonable that's, and and live live in in the heart of Boston of excellent course. yes excellent. that seems excellent thank you so much thank you so much for your kind pretty, generosity. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna be pretty aggressively in the red, but if, <laughs> as long as you guys are doing well, that's great news. Uh, but yeah, then obviously more valued positions like managers, you know, maybe high-end scouts, they will have some more you know, bargaining power as far as what goes into their contracts and whatnot. So, uh, you know, time will tell what comes of this. I'm sure people will get screwed. I'm sure other people won't get screwed, just as, as it always happens in capitalism. Uh, but again, only time will tell on that. So. Uh, listen, as I almost end every episode with, great show, guys. Phenomenal show. Well done. Uh, well done. TiVo's got a, you said nine and a half hours? Nine and a half, yeah. Nine and a half hour. to reruns of what? Sorry We're Closed the whole time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What What's the longest drive you guys have ever done on your own, like driven the car? Phoenix I to think, Hoboken. 
yeah, straight he did through. Uh, no, yeah. obviously not. <laughs> no, that's that, no, no. That's what I'm saying. Like, how long did you? Like, uh, then it would one, be one segment. Amarillo, Texas to St. Louis, Missouri, fourteen. Okay. All right, hold on. Let me just let me just make sure my math is because I remember saying thirteen, but you got me questioning now. It's definitely that drive, Greenville, South Carolina. Okay, city. Let's go directions, not from my location, to Fort Myers, Florida. Okay, it says okay. So maybe I went during trafficy time. <laughs> <laughs> it's it says here and this is probably unless portland maine would have been i don't think so that's not um it says here 10 and a half hours so that would be the longest Good. i ever did must have been my, and you bumper to bumper longest, out there <laughs> traffic my my longest one was kansas city missouri to to newark delaware 17 hours halfway straight across the through country. dude straight, straight through that's straight through. What you are you you what are you like a uh, fast twitch? Uh, I Red smell Bulls? Adderall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was giving you the benefit of the doubt there. No, no, definitely definitely some performance enhancers. Um, yes. I was doing yeah, was I was tough. doing pre workout on my well, uh, dude, see, I, I was like, like the, No, sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say like I was I remember like stopping at like truck stops and like I had like snagged a, uh, a it was called fast twitch from the diamondbacks on the way out because they're just like leftover supplements at the end of the year so i grabbed the fast twitch and i had this like like this brutal like like paper plate funnel and i would just buy like a poland spring bottle and i'd be like pumping my gas (laughs) and like just like pouring this like powder into my into my water water bottle like shaking it up and slamming it Uh, i always was like this this has to look a little suspicious but now like now older like these truck drivers are like, "Oh, look at this amateur over here! You want to see? You want to go seventeen hours, my guy?" <laughs> yeah, no, it's like I, I remember hitting twelve hours. You're outside of like Pittsburgh, and then I was just like, "Well, it's only four more." And just then, then I thought about, it. I was like, "It'd be pretty cool to say like you drove halfway across the country in one day and just got that second wind and just went for it." That's so yeah, long, that's, man. That's, that's so long. Yes. I remember waking up at like four thirty and trying to go as far as I could before the sun came up. Uh, and you get a couple hours in or something like that, and then you're just like, oh, okay, great, 10 more to go. Yeah. All right, well, Road Dog Tivo's on his way. Do it, Road Dog Tivo. Tivo. Listen, safe travels, my friend, safe travels. Our next episode will be from live from Tampa, your new place. Yep. Uh, so we'll be excited to see that. I hope everyone had a wonderful weekend. And uh, I got I, I if you're once you're listening to this, I I'm also a road dog. Oh, we're all road dogs theoretically this weekend. Uh, I'm An going out to Vegas um, for like 24 hours, which I don't necessarily am not necessarily looking forward to. That's a lot of travel for uh, 24 hours. But are you going to the Sphere? Uh, I don't think so. I don't know that I have enough time. And I've also seen like apparently there's like even like getting tickets on StubHub is a bad idea. You you, you get there and the ticket's not real. Uh, so they're working through stuff like that. I don't want to spend money and then and and go out of my way and then it be fake. Yeah. Uh, so what no, ta- I'm not. Gonna- is the Tau group in play? What's going on in Vegas? <laughs> uh, no, I'm. But, uh, but I'm. Uh, the Giants are playing out there, and you know, Anders Bush, who's a big uh, rep for the bars here. Obviously, we do a lot of Anders Bush product. Uh, is bringing me and one of my business partners out. Uh, we're actually going on the Giants team plane, and this is going to sound conceited. If I hadn't already lived that life, it would be cool. But now all I'm thinking about is how 
how big this plane probably is because it's probably a regular sized plane <laughs> with regular seats because we have Anheuser Busch reps bringing on random people. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm. I gotta imagine going to be a little cramped for a six foot five, two hundred and thirty pound man. So you're going uh, to the Giants. The Giants playing the Raiders. Giants, Raiders, and okay, guys, listen. Kirky Jerky, Kirk Cousins, who was my starting quarterback, <laughs> is out for the season. RIP. And we're starting Daniel Jones, who is expected to start this weekend. So I get to go watch my guy in person. And then Devontae Adams, who also is apparently furious with his franchise <laughs> that he's playing on. So can't wait to go watch my club play. Uh, as you're, you're listening you're, to this, you're, you're probably to laughing the, at me. To fix the losing culture in your fantasy t- yes, fantasy organization. Yes. I'm, I'm trying, and, I'm, and most people, listen, everyone listening to this on Monday, Tuesday, probably already knows they both sucked ass this past <laughs> weekend. So are probably laughing at how terrible I, I did. Uh, but regardless of that, fixing the losing culture... We might, we might make some, hey, listen, we might we might we might make some trades and uh, get some draft picks for next year. Might listen. Probably not. The Mountaineers, okay. <laughs> the Mountaineers is number one. Um, our dear I'm friend Shawnee Six year. Strings. I'm, I'm all in on this year. He's all in on this year. Listen, he might be willing to give up a second, third rounder for ne- in 2024 for. I'm not sure who. <laughs> Honestly, at this point, I'd rather give up a first-round pick because I'm clear, clearly incapable of picking somebody that is useful in the first round. <laughs> well, same. Bijan Robinson has done Honey great Bijan. giving me tw- Hey, the Riddler. Honey They're benching the Riddler. About fucking time. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he gave me 10 points a week as my fucking first-round draft pick. Uh, maybe they'll let him carry uh, the ball this week. Anyway, I hope you guys had a great weekend, uh, and I look forward to our next episode live from Tampa, uh, Tampa TiVo. Uh, But TiVo, safe trip, and we will uh, see everybody next week.